1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Exciting on a Tuesday when we get Mark Strauss in, TV guy on the radio here. Uh, I, I have a bunch of political stuff. I have a lot, actually, in that world. But I, I kind of want to start with you, uh, since you were in sports for so long on television sure. right here in Peoria, um, about this Orioles broadcaster, Kevin Brown, mm-hmm. who's very good at his job. I think a lot of people would say that. A lot of professionals would say that. Um, and he has been suspended uh, since the end part of July uh, because of doing his job correctly, essentially saying that the Orioles haven't been very good for a while, especially not against the Tampa Bay Rays, but they're playing much better this year. I have a few different ways we can we can attack this topic. Um, I can play some audio of some other broadcasters, including Michael Kay, who's the TV voice of the Yankees, uh, saying how ridiculous this is. And then we can get into it and you can give me your opinion uh, again, having done sports as long as you have. But it, it is crazy that he has been um, quietly suspended for basically doing what almost anyone else would do. And Kay actually really lays out the how uh, this segment could have happened that made the Orioles very mad and why it's ridiculous that the Orioles are mad about it. True. And if it is true, and I'm going to choose to believe it's true, they should be ashamed of themselves because not only was what Kevin said in the Oriole notes that night, but it was on a graphic which means that it was planned. So if you're going to be so thin-skinned to suspend Kevin Brown, then you have to suspend the entire Oriole truck, the producer, director, graphics. You have to suspend all of them because they're all complicit in this. And if John Angelos, the owner of the Orioles, didn't like that, that he's thin-skinned, he's unreasonable, and he should actually get a call from Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, because it's unconscionable that you would actually suspend a really good broadcaster for no reason whatsoever. What do you think of that, Mark? Uh, again, what the broadcaster said, and he had a, a graphic, he had all the stuff that Kay's saying, was that it's been a long time since the Orioles beat the Rays in a series. Yeah, I think what they had was a graphic on the screen that illustrated what the Orioles' record had been against the Rays. I don't know if it was in Tampa or if it was overall. I think it was overall. In in previous seasons or for some period of time, and how they've played against them this year. I do have the audio if you want me to just Which, you know, obviously if there's a graphic like Michael Kay is saying, in the production meeting, you're addressing that. you got a big series. These are the two teams at the top of the division squaring off. And you're setting the stage for this big series. And I think they had two series... You know, one at one in Baltimore and one in Tampa. Uh, I know the the Orioles were were in Tampa not too long ago. So, uh, but you know, here's the thing: the owner of the Orioles, which used to be Peter Angelos, Michael Case talking about his son, who's now the president of the Orioles. I don't know if Peter's still alive or if he's, you know, he was pretty old when he was running the club. Um. John Miller used to be one of the voices of the Orioles at one time before he left and went to the Giants. And everybody's familiar with John Miller from Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Hall of Fame announcer. He's in the baseball, the the, the broadcasting wing of the Baseball Hall of Fame. So John Miller, if you've ever heard John Miller, he he does the home team, but when a play happens... He delivers the play down the middle. He tell he gets just as excited if somebody makes a great play for the other team as he does for the team that he works for. And John uh, Peter Angelos didn't like that. I think, actually, for Angelos, the straw that 
broke the camel's back for him, and really it shouldn't have been an issue at all, was, I believe it was a play in a playoff game, postseason game. At any rate, they fired John Miller. They fired John Miller, uh, one of the most respected and accomplished sportscasters in the country. So what they've done here is really no different other than they, they didn't fire Kevin Brown. No. But suspended if, indefinitely. But if I were Kevin Brown... Um, You'd want to work somewhere else? Well, yeah, and I don't think that he'll have a problem finding another gig somewhere. Yeah. I can play. But, I do have but, the but, audio, you know, like The I disservice said. to somebody yeah. like that is we can talk about, well, he'll get another job, but hey, look, you got to uproot your family and move into another city. Yeah. And so you're damaging people's lives, even if they do move on to something else. Sure. No, it's true. You're damaging it. What is really interesting to me is how long it took people to figure it out. Um, so this happens in, in July. And again, I, I'll just play the audio so you have context if you don't know at home. He, I didn't, do think, he, didn't even, he wasn't even critical. No, he wasn't. He, I, he I, was I, basically stating what past right. history was right. and what was happening now. And he was actually almost um, complimenting this current Orioles sure. team and how much better they've right. been than the history of this organization, uh, which hurts me as a Yankee fan to talk about. But it's fine. It's okay. They're, they're doing a better job than anybody expected. Expected. Um, but I'll, I'll play the audio, and I do think this has a value beyond baseball. For anyone listening that thinks, you know, I shouldn't talk about sports so much, um, there's a lot of scenarios where people get in trouble for things they think, things they say, uh, whatever it is that they're doing. And this, honestly, is a person that's literally doing their job. And as Michael Kay laid out, with a team of people uh, that are doing the job with Kevin Brown, the broadcaster around him, and somehow a person who heard it, who's very high up in this organization, uh, is so mad about it that this guy gets suspended for um, so long of an amount of time. It's now the 8th of, of August uh, that eventually people are like, hey, what happened to Kevin Brown? And they find out and people go off the record and say that he's been suspended for this. For the Orioles, Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in. But the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three. And they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. That is it, and it continues to go on in that way for another, like, 20 seconds. Yeah, and I but think the, the music is an indication that there's a graphic up on the correct. screen. So he's the, the people are seeing the numbers that he's describing. Yes, so the numbers. He, he said nothing there that was egregious. He's just telling – he's showing people mm -hmm. how this – current Orioles team and the coaching performed. staff yeah. have, have turned things around. Yeah, and actually the graphic at the very top, the title of it is Tropical Depression, uh, which is an interesting yeah. uh, title, uh, but that actually leads into what uh, Michael Kay is saying, which is if somehow management or ownership is that offended uh, by the honesty in this segment about the Orioles, then how is it that only the broadcaster uh, the face of these words is the one that's taken out and not the entire truck of people that are producing and and creating that uh, thing. But it is really interesting. And again, how long it took for people to realize that this occurred in the first place and then to push back on it. And I don't know how the Orioles save face. And that's kind of the last question I want to ask you is in this moment, I think the Orioles should acknowledge how embarrassed uh, they should be or how bad they were. Well, look. I mean, they, they didn't when they fired John Miller. That's so true. why are they going to do that now? 
But they, and it's, it's, it's the same family that uh, owns the ball club. Right. You're, and the, the um, previous owner is still alive. He's just not um, uh, active anymore. And actually, when sons take over, I've heard Scott Robbins joke about this a lot. Second generations and third generations screw up first generations and what they build way more often than they succeed. If you're handed something down from a person who actually built it, the odds of you doing as well or better than the person who built it are not good. And I don't know if he he has those numbers, but it seems to be true time and again. The Yankees, I think, are dealing with a version of that uh, with the people in charge of our organization right now. But it it is sort of just, um, you know, um, fascinating uh, to think about how much pushback now exists within uh, the world of sports media. And if the Orioles do nothing, because they didn't fire him, he's still on the payroll, he's indefinitely suspended, um, I, I don't know. Um, but there, there must be some way to come out of it uh, right now if they choose to and just say he just had a long vacation and just try to move on by letting him have his job. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't I, – my, my instincts tell me that's not going to happen. Gotcha. But um, the only way that really this guy can be – uh, defended or uh, supported is if the fans say, well, we want him back. Well, we want him back and we're not going to show up for the games. But that's not going to happen this year either because no. this is the first Orioles team in like, I don't know, forever, six years yeah. since the last uh, team that went to the postseason under Buck Showalter when mm-hmm. he was the manager of the Orioles. I think he was the manager of the Orioles for eight or nine years. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, they're 70 and 42. They're very, very good at baseball. Well, I mean, uh, the, good fans, baseball the fans, fans there have waited a long time for this team because Peter Angelos basically uh, wrecked this team. Hmm. Um, and, and I don't want to take up a lot of time. No, okay. People don't follow the Orioles here. Sure. But uh, Peter Angelos, who's the father that you mm-hmm. uh, that still you alive to. but not active. Well, with the and, team and he's probably the majority owner, and his he son is. is the president of the team. That's all correct. Now, it's very possible that Peter Angelos is the one that was sitting at home watching the game and told his son, Do something about this. Suspend this guy. Yeah. Well, who knows? We don't know. Yeah. And and they're not going to comment on it, so we no. probably will never know. No, we probably won't. But that's why I'm saying that if you just put him back on the TV and just try to let it go away, that maybe all the media but would stop talking about it. What's interesting is that uh, on a number – I saw at least two other uh, – I was watching the White Sox-Yankees game last night for a mm-hmm. bit because the Cardinals weren't on. Sure. They had a day off. And Jason, that wasn't a fun game. Jason Benetti made a, uh, a comment about it. Mm-hmm. And um, – also, uh, Mets play-by-play man for TV, Gary Cohen, Gary Cohen talked was about it, yep. very critical of the John Orioles. Sterling and Su- Susan Waldeman talked sure. about it, too, well, actually. You know, if you do this for a living yeah. and you see something done to somebody that's who ridiculous. does what you do yes. that's unjust, um, you and, you know, that's important. It's important in every workplace to stand up for your colleagues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that group of announcers in Major League Baseball, that's a small fraternity. You've got radio guys and TV guys. And they see each other all the time, and you know it, they're not—they're not competing against each other. No. They respect each other. Yeah. Uh, they learn from each other. They depend on each other. And they get mad about uh, some of the and unfair treatment. It's like almost said. like yeah. uh, a member of your family yes. has been mistreated. Yeah. You, well, you can put yourself in their shoes. And very that's easily. true in any workplace, yeah. by the way. True. Well, uh, okay. Uh, it, it should be true in a lot of work. I don't know if it's true in every workplace, but it, it probably should be true in <laughs> no, more I mean, workplaces. No, I mean, you, you can yeah. relate to other people. Oh, easily, yes. Uh, especially and, when... And get angry. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've heard from people who work in a, a certain industry... Yeah. 
uh, boy, they did this to this per- this guy or this woman. You get mad, yeah. And they they get worked up yeah. about it. I want to move on. There's one other thing I want to play, and then we'll uh, take a break. And this is Trump. Uh, he was speaking, um, and he has a lot of people coming out to the stuff he's he's doing again. This is in New Hampshire, and he said, "Should I even debate uh, anyone?" And you hear the audience yell, "No." And he is pretty funny about it. He even says we'll do an unofficial poll right now. Um, but I think he does have a point, however much it might um, annoy anyone that wants to see him debate any of the other Republican candidates is a person with this kind of lead is only harming themselves to show up in that room in the first place. You got You got to be much more threatened to feel a need to benefit you by being in the room. Here we go. Uh, we're so far above everybody else in the polls. They're all saying, is he going to go into the debate? And I say, I don't know. If you're leading by 50 and 60 and 70 points, do you do that or not? I don't know. Should I? (laughs) Okay, you ready? Poll. We take a free poll. Should I do the debate? (laughs) (laughs) Pandemonium. Well, maybe we'll do something else. You know, see, some people say yes, but they hate to say it because... It doesn't make sense to do it if you're leading by so much, but they like it for entertainment value because they're selfish. Yeah, I I will be honest that the debates are way more uh, must watch if Trump is on that stage and debating uh, those other candidates. And if he's not on that stage, it's probably not going to get anyone. He's he's in a no lose situation. Sure. Um, They only want him up there. To use him as target practice. Sure. The media. The other candidates. But uh, I agree with you that he doesn't really need to do them. He's already run. People know what he did when he was in office. He continues to give solutions to the problems that America and the world are dealing with. Yeah. On, you know, when he puts out videos on Truth Social or they're then taken by somebody and posted on other social media. Sure. So, uh I would say one all of, you have to do is listen to those, and if you disagree with them, then yeah. you know what to do. I would say one other thing, and, and this is more for the other candidates. By the way, debates are just for TV. TV purposes. I, I know don't really they probably don't really I, encourage no, anyone. Yeah. I don't think so. But I, I would say this, um, and this is my only other opinion on. Then we got to take a break. Um, I think that some of the candidates who've gone after Trump say more than others. The Chris Christie's, the the Mike Pence's of the world, you see a reflection in their numbers that they are almost non-existent. And even DeSantis has seen approval ratings slide in places like Florida, uh, which matters to the governor of Florida uh, for some of the things he said. It's almost a disadvantage to some of those on that stage to have Trump there as well, because going too hard after Trump seems to actually hurt these other Republican candidates at this point. And so they might not really want him there any more than he seems to not want to be there. It might just be the media. Yeah, that really wants him. The media wants him. The me, The reason the media wants him there mm-hmm. is because if he's not there for the Republican debates, yeah. nobody's going to watch them. No, I know. And that means none of the other candidates are going to get the exposure right. that the they're left not, wants. They're not going to be able to make any sort of headway. And I, I mean yeah. that the left does. They want anybody but Trump oh, to absolutely. be the nominee. I agree with you wholeheartedly in that. They've seen the way they've propped up Chris Christie. All right, let's take a break. A lot more in a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio here hanging out. Uh, there is more Trump audio I intend to get to. Uh, there is more stuff in the world of the Hunter Biden business partner uh, that has told us even more information about how uh, President Biden, then Vice President Biden, 
deeply involved in a lot of the 36 meetings at the White House. 36, Mark Strauss. That is not like one or two uh, where the, the money guy swings over and chit-chats with you about whatever's going on in the world of Hunter Biden's business dealings. Uh, so I, I even have audio of, of our president, uh, then the vice president, and also a candidate running for office uh, saying time and again, I have no information, no idea, I have zero knowledge. Makes you wonder what else he's not telling the truth about. Of course it does. And actually, more importantly, it demonstrates that he is he is absolutely lying, uh, which um, is why it's so hard to understand how this isn't a bigger story. Well, and he continues he continues to lie. Right. And and why he lied as much as he did is something that certainly, I think, um, deserves to be answered. I think you can probably, listening at home, uh, take some guesses, feel pretty confident about those guesses. Uh, but the fact that it's being shaped as a Republican versus Democrat issue at this point is, is somewhat hilarious, I think, to a lot of people. Uh, but we'll talk about that more. We'll dive deeper. We'll play some audio. We'll do a bunch of stuff. Um, AM radio, it's 1470. FM, 100.3. You can listen to us on both. Also on the Internet, WMBDradio.com and your smart speaker. Tell it to play WMBD Radio, and you'll hear Will Stevenson talking about this. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio, hanging out with me. Uh, a podcast interview has gone viral today. Uh, part of the reason that it's probably gone viral, Mark, is that you have parents right now uh, speaking about losing their their um, their sons uh, at the Kabul airport when the um, suicide bomber wasn't taken out by snipers for some reason, was capable of detonating and killed uh, 13 American servicemen. This is the pullout of Af- Afghanistan. During the withdrawal the of Afghanistan. complete yes. disaster. The utter uh, disaster that cost Americans uh, their lives. And so you have parents, and I played the audio several times yesterday, of one father uh, saying that anyone that's responsible for this should, should resign. They should quit their jobs. They should get out of uh, being in power positions in our military because this mistake is still not even really being admitted. It's still uh, something that it's weird to, to hear. I don't know if weird's the right word, probably um, much stronger, angry, uh, infuriating to hear the way that some shape the withdrawal from Afghanistan is good. But so we'll play part of this audio. Uh, this person's name is Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews. He is one of the uh, people who was injured but lived. Uh, during that suicide bomber explosion. He lost an arm completely. He describes what it was like to meet the President of the United States while still in the hospital. And so I have two pieces of audio for this. And then actually also in the middle, he's talking about what his mom starts saying, his mom's in the room, to the President of the United States about what they should be doing for her son, given what has just happened to him. Here's part one. And this dude, like two minutes later, he walks in with him and Jill Biden and their little entourage of people and like a photographer and uh right away like remember him coming up to me um trying to shake my hand like much try to shake my right hand and i look at him and i'm like i don't have an arm and my left arm is in this big ass cast with this giant orange foam block around it i completely immobile all i can do is move my head my arm's gone I'm like i don't have an arm and he says oh and like kind of stands up and then like wow. goes over to reach for my fingers because about an inch of my fingers are showing and just like grabs my fingers. Doesn't say, doesn't greet me or anything. Just that's what happened. Just grab my fingers. So he's trying to shake his hand and, and touch the, the um, servicemen, touch the, the uh, military, the um, Marine. Uh, what do you think of the first part that you walk into a room with someone who's lost their right arm 
And as the president of the United States, you seem to not even know that and try to shake an arm that's not there. You know, uh, I don't it's almost impossible not to make comparisons here. We've all seen previous presidents and heads of state from other countries, and we've seen how they conduct themselves. We've seen presidents. uh, I know that in the case of Trump, he would personally go to the air base where the families were receiving the caskets of their loved ones who had sacrificed in service. And he would spend time with each mother, father, sister, brother. You'd see video him. And I'm not doing this because it's Trump. Uh, Bush, uh, George W. Bush did this. Uh, Even Bill Clinton, you would see video. There's an empathy from somebody who's a parent in a situation like that. And it's almost inhuman, not as well as inhumane, to not react in a, a sorrowful situation. I mean, we've all known people yeah. who have who, who've passed away or loved ones who've had people in their family pass away or they met with some tragedy, yeah. and you reach out to them and you support them. Yeah, I, and, I, and he obviously... This was an invasion of his time, and he just wanted to get it over with. I have to say that, um, and there's a lot more to this interview, and I encourage you to go look it up um, if you want. Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews is the person's name. Uh, the the now You cleaned it up. Yeah, I did. I, the person who's injured in, in conflict in Afghanistan during the withdrawal, Sean Ryan Show, is the name of the podcast he appeared on. Uh, there's a lot of foul language uh, in it. Well, and you can under, but you can understand oh, easily. He, he's angry. He should be angry. And his mom is angry, which actually uh, made me very happy. Um, one, one thing I'll say, though, before we move on, because uh, I want to play the other part of the audio. To me, that demonstrates someone that's not just um, nowhere near as compassionate as news media talks about uh, Biden being, uh, but someone who also is guilty. Uh, I think that people who know that they have or feel guilt in certain moments, this is my own impression. I can't tell you that I have anything to back this up other than a gut feeling. If you walk in that room, you know what happened. You know 13 uh, military members die and that uh, at least one individual is now uh, changed for life, uh, and you don't know how to handle yourself with that guilt you come off like this. That's I think that's the way a lot of people think back are facing those that they've hurt. Think back, and, and you you would have been pretty young at mm-hmm. this time. I think. Think back to when the Challenger exploded, and Ronald Reagan that night went on TV, and 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 and, and he later met with the families, but in the immediacy of the tragedy, yeah. he went on TV and spoke to the nation. In a very uh, uh, somber, yeah. sincere kind of yeah, yes. I got you. yeah, not, and not this. Anybody not... who saw that remembers that right. yeah. that that's a person who um, was very very touched by what happened. Mm-hmm. Cared, someone who cared, and, and uh, this uh, is someone the, who's who's almost made of stone. If the president like. of the United States yeah. doesn't have the capacity mm-hmm. to have that reaction to he's the commander in chief of these military people. I I would say that for me, I don't know all the details. And I know Biden gets a lot of credit for being a family man, someone who cares deeply about people. And he's supposed to be overall a good guy. 
Um, at least that's what media tells you. And so I, I do attribute more of this behavior in this situation to the guilt I think he's feeling for the horrible decision to withdraw from Afghanistan the way that they you did know, and how much he pushed for it for political reasons. But who knows? Maybe it's indicate here. I want to play the other part of the audio, too. You know, let, then, let's not forget he lost one of his sons. Yes. And he talked so about that son that, a lot. They that said. that experience by itself changes you. No, it should. It it. It oh. shouldn't elicit this kind oh, of gotcha. response. Yeah. It should make you more compassionate. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Here's a little bit more of what um, uh, Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews said. Uh, he leans over me, and he's like this close to my face, and he's like, what do you want? And I said, what do you want? Yeah, he said, what do you want? And I said, what? He said, what What do you want? And I'm just like confused. I'm, I just got blown up. I saw my friends die next to me, and... Like, I just want to be myself. And he's like, huh? And my mom's furious. And she's like, he said he just wants to be himself. He just wants to be him. He said he just wants to be me. And he goes, oh, okay. And they just continue to talk about everything but what just happened. What I'll say in response to that second part of audio is, and I'm uh, very um, lucky, and thank you very much to the VFW in Peoria Heights and the people I've met through the VFW in Peoria Heights, because I've talked to uh, veterans, uh, veterans who served our country and fought for us. And it's so powerful to me to hear um, uh, Tyler Vargas Andrews say, in response to the President of the United States, leaning leaning into him and essentially saying, I'll give you something for this horrific thing that I caused, uh, that I, I allowed to happen. Maybe so you won't I'll, talk about it. Yeah, I'll it. bribe you, more yeah. or less, is the way that it sounds. What do you want? And his response is, I just want to be myself. So many of the people I've met over the last year or so connected to our military, even ones who've dealt with a lot of really tough stuff, um, feel, it seems, from my conversations, the same way. They, they want they want just their own ability, um, and I don't I shouldn't speak for them, uh, to, to live their lives, and they don't they don't seem to want... Like, you know, a bunch of uh, crazy, ridiculous things that you think maybe I or you or anyone would want in a situation like that, where it's the president directly speaking to you in your hospital bed um, while you're missing an arm. It sounds a lot like a bribe. And so I I'm, well, it, it may be a window into how he normally conducts his affairs. Sure. Um, uh, based on everything we're learning now. Right. Sure. No, I, I agree with that. Um, but what what is, you know, shocking to me is not only that it happens and it happens in that scenario and it paints him so as, you're, a, you're, as you're, a lack of compassion you're, kind of person. You're kind of speculating yeah. that he was offering him a payoff. It sounds to, like to, he just was to, just to kind of it sounds like he was at what do you want is not usually the way you ask a question sure. to someone. Right. Um, and, and I don't know what the, the um, well, quid it, pro it quo like of any it would have been. It sounds like an injury attorney. Sure. Yeah. Right. right. Yes, it does. Saying, what do you want us to sue for? Um, but for him or, to do or that the, or the or the other attorney saying, what do you want to settle for? Yeah. So this doesn't go to court. Sure. And and the fact that the the military member still says what they do is just that's what moves me the most of all of it. Not the egregious behavior of our current president, which I know is the storyline, but the the um, well, this should be honorable this behavior. Be, of the other man. This should be a huge story. Sure covered by all facets of the media, mm-hmm. and they'll ignore it. Yeah, and they'll ignore it because they'll say that they don't know if it's true Could you not, imagine right? if certain other presidents said that? Did this? Yeah. Somebody came out and described this the way this gentleman did, Yeah. this veteran did. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine what the coverage would be and should be? 
Right. No, I, I, I can't. Um, and actually, I just got a text from someone that said, remember when uh, the current president looked at his watch while he was receiving yeah. American bodies? Yes. I saw that replayed a lot today as another uh, demonstration of this. Um, I, I don't know how you can get to a place in your life, no matter what your job is, even if you wind up running the entire country, where this is something that you look at and think to yourself, you know, I got to be somewhere else. Or, or you say things like this in these rooms. You don't walk into a room knowledgeable of the injury that someone sustained. It sounded like he didn't even know what injury uh, he was walking into the hospital room and about to see. And if that's true, that's also a statement on his staff. Right. Because it's, it's, you know, the president doesn't spend all day doing all the research on who he's going to meet. Sure. It, 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 that's delivered to him. That's what his staff is for. Yeah. And so either he wasn't brought up to speed or he's just right. this kind of person. We'll move on. There's one other story that's big and out there, and I want to uh, make sure to tackle with you uh, before we let you go. Uh, Mark Strauss, the TV guy on the radio, hangs out with me every single Tuesday. It is the stuff about the, the Hunter Biden business associate, the second business associate now, <laughs> to say certain things that seem to not at all uh, match any of the stuff uh, that we were told by the um, president of the United States while he was running for office, by all the people in intelligence agencies who signed pieces of paper uh, saying that, you know, like the, the laptop is fake or this is fake. All these different versions of of no way that the president is tied to any business dealing uh, by Hunter Biden, doesn't even know about them, no idea whatsoever. We have this news. We are learning more about how Hunter Biden's longtime business partner, Eric Shuren, Visited, visited the Obama White House far more than previously thought. The new review bumps the number up from 27 to 36 visits. All this could mean Republican lawmakers will want to hear, of course, from Shurman ASAP. <laughs> sure. yes. Devin Archer's interview, meanwhile, last week, quite the trove of information of Joe Biden's ties to Hunter's business dealings. Now, Fox has obtained a 2011 letter showing just how close then-VP Biden was, indeed, to Archer. One line reading this, I hope I get a chance to see you again soon with Hunter. Uh, by the way, Tucker Carlson had that letter uh, last week, so I think that's kind of funny that Fox is doing it as part of their breaking news here. Uh, but what is your response to this story, Mark? Uh, you know, this is interesting because now you've got two people coming forward, and I suspect there'll be more. Remember Tony Bobolinsky, yeah. the gentleman that Tucker Carlson interviewed? Uh, and he described all of this and ev everything, and the media tried to say, well, you know, where's your proof? And he then uh, volunteered his phones so they could see the call logs and everything else, and they didn't want any part of that. So all of these things that he talked about have turned out to be true, and I now you have to wonder if more people are going to step forward. And by the way, between this stuff and what we were talking about just a moment ago with the veteran, how long and, and, and the mumbling and the not being able to put a sentence together, how long before the Democrats decide, you know what, we've got to run somebody else for president? Because well, that, this is this is this is bad. It's a bad look. Yeah, that's what's interesting to me, actually. So there's there's reporting today uh, that Republicans are contemplating impeaching uh, Biden. And I do have to be honest, not that I, I don't understand where that uh, investigation could come from and whatever uh, fruit you could bear there. And it, I definitely want all the information. So no part of me is saying uh, don't explore, don't look down those rabbit holes. But I wonder if Democrats wouldn't care. I wonder if that would almost benefit them to have Biden removed well, from power in a way where he's not running again and they don't have to move certain uh, things around in order to run a different candidate. It would be done for them. I 
something tells me that they don't want to go the impeachment route because that's a that's a trial. Yeah. And so what happens is evidence is put out there. And if you know, because it's not just Biden, he's going to tie to other people somewhere. I mean, for example, she just said that he made how many visits to the White House? Thirty six. When Obama was president. Yeah. Well, that means Obama knew what was going on, and he knew who this guy was. I don't know. I, well, I'm, not, no, I'm we, not trying to say that you're wrong. I'm, I'm just, just, I'm saying, just saying, saying the I Democrats yeah. aren't going to want to go there. Yeah. So I'm, it's easier for them to pull the plug on him just get him out, and yeah. remove him through the Twenty Fifth okay. Amendment. Well, all the polls are saying that he's not doing well in any favorability rating. I think there was the um, NBC uh, shot the other day uh, that said that he's got the worst approval rating since uh, Carter, and they're, that did not work out for Carter. They're caught between a rock and a hard place because, right. and I, I, I don't mean to ruffle any feathers here, but if you remove him, then Kamala Harris is the acting president, mm-hmm. and I don't think they want to go there either. No, I don't think so. But because it's, they know that she, if they had to run her. That's a no-win proposition. Well, I don't think they would run her. No, I, I think I, at the chance I agree. That, I, I know you agree, and we've talked about it before. I think in the chance that uh, Biden gets removed from office, I, I do. This is something that I think could happen, and I'm just going to speculate. And I don't have a lot of reason to you believe know, Trump, this. You know, Trump predicted this while he was, he was still in, president. Yeah. After the 2020 election. But here's what I think. Uh, no controversy is, um, you know, lacks benefit from the political spin, from the, all the things they say in the world of uh, let's go ahead and use this to, to benefit us somehow. If Democrats supported the removal of um, the current president via an impeachment process and then claimed that they were the, the you know, middle of the road political party because they support that removal, especially in the Senate, I wonder how much that would benefit the optics of the party to the American people if Biden does go down for uh, ties to these business dealings. And again, a lot of this is still there still needs to be more information. There still needs to be more investigations. I'm not telling you that I believe an impeachment will actually happen or anything like that. But if you got down all those roads and Democrats allowed whatever to come out that they allowed to come out, uh, good or bad for people who are no longer in positions of power, um, if that's who would be in trouble, I wonder how beneficial they could make it for themselves. I have a question. Sure. Okay. Like clockwork, each time one of these revelations has come out, the next day or a few days later, mm-hmm. Trump's been indicted. Yes, that's true. It's happened three times. It has. So will this trigger a fourth Trump indictment? Because what <laughs> that overshadows oh, you know, the on. news about Biden. Yeah, that's true. All right, I'll play one more piece of uh, Trump audio, and then we'll go. But you know, um, you, you understand the timing of what's taking I place. I do, and I, I've seen a lot of what's been shared on social media about the, the um, uniqueness <laughs> or the, the planning uh, within that. But I, I want to play this just in response to you. I'll let the former president uh, answer the question on whether or not he'd be, and I'm not saying you said this, worried about another indictment. It's really low. And in the morning consult that just came out, I wanted to see, because, you know, every time you get indicted, I like to check the polls, because (laughs) one more indictment that I think this election's over. He has been talking about that, that if he gets indicted again, it will only benefit him. So I I don't know uh, what's going to happen there either. And I know that this might sound like a a very, uh, you know, uniquely uh, uh, pro-Trump version of a conversation. That's not my intention. Uh, But to be totally honest with everything going on in the world of the person who's actually in charge of our country, it would be hard to think that he's someone that's reelectable. It's hard to think that. That's right. I mean, Trump's not the president anymore. Right. Yes. So... Who 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 should we be focusing on more? 
Not, car- not, not that P, we shouldn't be focusing on, on Trump. Right, yes, or anyone else. But the guy who's in power mm-hmm. seems to be in, more important. In the big seat. Yes. You know, that, if there's stuff going on there, those, maybe the priority is look at that uh-huh. right now. Those stories matter. Yes, I've said that before, too. Thank you very much, Mark. Quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio, hangs out every Tuesday for an entire hour. Uh, thank you, uh, friend of mine, for just being here and chatting about all this stuff. You're welcome. The sports career is very impressive. Uh, I do know there's one thing. I don't that, know how impressive it is. I do know there's one thing that you haven't We're done. We're all that, scrambling. Well, I know there's one thing you haven't done that Will Stevenson and I have done, uh, a live play-by-play of fireworks. Yeah. And you were invited to it. Yeah, and, and I said, I really don't know how I do that. <laughs> Have you ever called a grocery race before, you know who, Mark? <laughs> you know who would I've be? I've called a grocery race. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, didn't, wasn't there a game show? Where, Supermarket Sweep. Yeah, no, that wasn't it. No. It was uh, a one for You know a who would have been great doing the fireworks for you? Uh, that would have been me and John Craig. Madden. John Madden would have been amazing. You're, you're right. said, oh, my God. I'd like Boom. to see him. Yes. Well, I'd like to see him try to draw X's and O's no. all over the yeah. fireworks. Oh, man, that would have been You're right. That, that, too bad we don't do an impression, There's a Madden. thing over here, and there's a, you know, we need, <laughs> I'm not Frank Caliendo. you right. got to put more explosions over here yeah. in the backfield. <laughs> this whole area right here. Oh, man. Okay, no. Next year. We're all going to do this next year. We're going to make Mark do it. No, I'm not doing it. (laughs) That was the quickest no I've ever gotten. Do it, and you and I can just say boom. It's funnier to imagine it than (laughs) to hear me do it. No, it's great. I love. That's the first time anyone said definitively no a year before. We get to hang out in an RV. There we go. I got to get to the news. Uh, Thank you, Mark, as always for being a part of the show. 1470s and AM, 100.3s and FM, all over the internet. Uh, Will's got you covered. 1470. 100.3 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about. I'm going to try to go uh, through more topics kind of quickly, but thank you to Mark Strauss uh, for helping me dive deeper into a bunch of stuff, as he does every single Tuesday on this show from 3 to 4 o'clock. Uh, just quickly, and I've, I mention these uh, not because I, I think the rulings are right or wrong. I don't even want to dive too deep into it, uh, but I think that the times where the Supreme Court makes a decision that seems to benefit uh, the left-leaning ideology or the, you know, the um, democratic positions on things, it, they don't get covered. They don't get talked about. And then people say that the Supreme Court is overwhelmingly conservative, and they, they highlight all the decisions or, or, you know, choices in the last couple of years that have benefited conservatives. Uh, even though the last session of the Supreme Court and all the rulings they issued, there, there actually were quite a few uh, that wound up being on the other side of the aisle from where they accused the Supreme Court of being, they being a lot of media. Uh, but certainly, yes, there were cases and decisions uh, that benefited uh, conservative um, positions, including student loans, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, of course, uh, the the conversation is nuanced. I'm not trying to say that this means the Supreme Court is obviously liberal, uh, but a 5-4 ruling today uh, allows the ghost gun ban, uh, Biden's ban, to stay in place for now. Uh, they're still going to hear arguments and make an actual decision on, on the legalities of that. Um, but a, a ruling in Texas that had said that it was uh, not necessarily something that made any sense uh, because the pieces of a gun that are being referred to as a ghost gun aren't, in fact, themselves uh, a weapon. Uh, the frame or receiver of any such weapon uh, is not actually um, the part of uh, the the you know part that actually fires a bullet. I'm trying to dumb this down partially for myself, uh, hopefully for others, too. Um, that part is not the part of the ghost gun. And we've had an, a gun expert in the studio talking to us before, 
uh, Jonathan Jurgens of Tamra, uh, about how there are pieces and things that you add on to something that you buy legally. Uh, but anyway, the Supreme Court 5-4 ruling, including Justice John Roberts and Justice Amy Coney Barrett, uh, deciding that it'll stay in place for now, uh, siding with the three uh, liberal uh, members of, of the Supreme Court. So yet again, another decision uh, where it seems as though there's there's back and forth versions of decision making uh, that is not talked about and probably should be talked about more uh, for those that think that the Supreme Court is just 100 uh, percent making decisions that benefit the uh, Republican side of the aisle. All right. I want to play this. I want to play uh, several pieces of audio. Uh, they're all our current president. I was talking in the last half hour or so with uh, Mark Strauss about how I don't know how hard the Democratic Party will fight to protect our current president if more and more information comes out about Hunter Biden, about business dealings, about meetings with the then vice president, and if eventually there are the smoking guns that they say don't exist right now in the world of definitive proof. Uh, but the most, the, the, uh, most updated information we have is that essentially the money guy – uh, the person that was in charge of the bank accounts uh, met with the then vice president in the White House 36 plus times or, or had meetings in the White House 36 plus times. That's a lot. We already thought it was 27. It's going up. Uh, that's probably not good for this current president. And the reason I think uh, that those things would maybe potentially harm or, or even if there's an impeachment process or any of that stuff, um, uh, Biden's chances of staying a, a politically relevant person, staying our president and not going away one way or the other, and that the Democrats would, would let him has actually nothing to do with the corruption stuff. It has to do with all the other stuff that uh, Biden currently is, the bad approval ratings, uh, the inability to say things that make sense. And, and let's play some examples from today. Uh, he was talking about the Grand Canyon and about the, quote, nine wonders of the world, uh, not seven he's added to. Apparently, the Grand Canyon is one of them. It's not hyperbole suggests that there is no national treasure, none that is grander than the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon, one of the Earth's nine wonders, wonders of the world, <laughs> literally. Literally. Think of that. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing, man. This is amazing. The seven wonders of the world, the nine wonders of the world. None of that matters. Let's not even pay attention. Let's not care at all. Uh, let's just move on to other things. Uh, the president also said this today. Uh, let's hear this. And I say this with all sincerity. No one ever doubts I mean what I say. Sometimes I say all that I mean, though. Uh, <laughs> what? Hold on. I, I'm going to play that one again. Not, no, everyone doubts I mean what I say. Sometimes I say all that I mean, though. And I say this with all sincerity. No one ever doubts I mean what I say. Sometimes I say all that I mean, though. I think I, I think what he's trying to say is I don't always say all that I mean, though, uh, but he went the road he did. And that's fine. Uh, that's totally uh, great. And one last thing from our president today, a story he told about a very, very aware and up to date on the news little girl in Washington, D.C. that begged him to protect a specific monument that many adults would not be able to answer. By the way, I'll never forget. I was standing in Washington. A little girl walked up to me. I could see her daddy say, go up and say something to the president. She walked up and she said, Mr. President, would you take care of Bears Ears for me? And I didn't know what she meant when she said it. <laughs> you take care of Bears Ears for me. Well, we took care of her and we gave her the signing pad. <laughs> 
Yeah, we did it. We gave her the pen herself. She got to sign it. Uh, she's a very, very aware um, little kid. It's definitely not a uh, exaggeration that our president made up uh, like he makes up very often. Uh, he lies about a lot of stuff. It's easy to find a bunch of examples of that when he's been the um, vice president, when he's been um, a member of um, the the uh, Senate. He's just a person that's made up all kinds of things. My favorite one, I, I shouldn't, I feel like I, I always want to do it, is play the news coverage when he made up how successful he was in school, uh, in college, or in athletics. And then you just have uh, down the line, uh, which feels like it doesn't even exist anymore, uh, versions of newscasters saying, and that's totally not true. That's entirely a lie. This is a lie over here. It's just perfect audio uh, that exists. So maybe I'll play it a little later. Uh, moving on again, uh, there are other things out there that I'd like to talk about. I do think this is interesting. Uh, Bill Maher is once again being, I don't know if, the word is attacked, uh, but challenged, uh, whatever you think the word is, by people on the left, by people who lean um, to the side of the aisle that Bill Maher has long been and still easily is uh, connected to. The reason why is he trashed the Barbie movie. Uh, Bill Maher went on social media and he said that Barbie is the kind of uh, hashtag zombie lie. Spoiler alert, Barbie fights the patriarchy uh, right up to the Mattel board who created her, consisting of 12 white men. These are Bill Maher's words, not mine, for anyone that wants to get mad. Uh, the patriarchy, and then he uh, puts a bunch of exclamation points, except there's a Mattel board in real life, and it has seven men and five women on it. Okay, not a perfect even Steven. Again, these are Maher's words in the movie, uh, which takes place in 2023. It's not portraying a reality at all. And so Mar goes on and has a lot of points about how the world we live in today, right now in 2023, is really different than any world that we're told may still exist. He actually throws out another stat. Um, the real Mattel board is a pretty close mirror to our country. 45% of 449 board seats filled last year in Fortune 500 companies were women. Uh, truth is, I'm not the one who's out of step. I'm living in the year we're living in. Uh, still Mars words. Barbie is fun. I enjoyed it. But it is a zombie lie. Uh, essentially, it's a man-hating, man-bashing movie uh, that um, pits men and women against each other in ways that are talked about a lot in today's society, but not necessarily as accurate, uh, at least according to Bill Maher, as people believe them to be. Uh, what I think is so interesting about this, again, are all the people who are attacking him. And there's a lot of people. And even more importantly, the way that I saw all of these reactions was on Twitter. Uh, the thing that's supposed to be overwhelmingly one-sided and, you know, just gross and terrible. And anyone who talks about it uh, that is on the side of the aisle that would be mad at Maher right now uh, usually says that they, they can't wait to, to leave or find another platform. Uh, but a bunch of people went viral uh, for the ways that they crapped all over and attacked uh, Bill Maher and his denial of the patriarchy, his denial of the world we live in today, and his uh, role as a you know successful old white guy. Uh, that's essentially some of the shots at him that are being taken. And so the, the thing that fascinated me so much is that most of the, I assume, uh, people who are so upset with Marr and have been upset with some of the stuff he's been saying over the last couple of years about woke culture, about whatever, uh, probably have very little idea of, of who he is uh, and what he's talked about and what he's been on the side of. For as long as he's been there, uh, because it is interesting to see uh, the conflict arise within uh, the group. That's all they think on the same side until they're not. Uh, and I haven't seen the Barbie movie. I still don't know what to think of of what, you know, is actually in it and how, how crazy or, or not crazy it is. I don't think I'd walk out of it and care a whole lot. 
Uh, just personally, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't care a lot. If you care a lot, that's fine. Uh, the reason I wouldn't care a lot is it's a Barbie movie. I don't intend to see it. I, my wife wants to go, and I'd go with her. We just haven't made the time. And she doesn't want to go that bad. I've said she wants to go, and I think it's probably not that strong of a desire uh, for her. She didn't grow up with Barbies. She didn't uh, live here in this country. She uh, said the richest kid on her block in Mexico was the only one that had a Barbie. Uh, but I will say, uh, just again, that if it does have a lot of very strong ideology in it, I'm not going to tell it it shouldn't exist or can't exist or tell you not to go to it because – that free speech thing, I believe on it on all sides, but I'm not going to pretend it doesn't exist. If I go and I see it at some point and it is a man bashing hate fest, I think admitting it is is fine. And I don't think it's anywhere near as, you know, being upset or or whatever that some of the people are actually accusing Marv of being. They're saying, a, you know, a, a powerful man is, is weak and can't handle the reality of the Barbie movie. Isn't it possible? And I'll just say this and I want this to be more of a macro point and then I'll take a break. And you might get mad at the point. I don't know. I'm going to say it anyway. Isn't it possible that we all agree on a myriad of stuff, a way more than one or two things, or we all disagree on these things, and that that's okay, that that's totally fine, that if you brought somebody to any movie – actually, I got a great example. It's not about politics at all. My wife, not the biggest fan of the Marvel movies, not the biggest fan of superhero movies at all. She has a really good take on them. The same thing happens one way or another almost every single time. The bad guys win for a while. The good guys win at the end. That's usually the way the movie goes. And I've enjoyed 20-something of them. And she's sat next to me for 20-something of them. And she's been very sweet about it. Uh, fell asleep for a few of them. But at the end of the day, you know, she goes and she walks out. And she doesn't, you know, try to uh, attack anybody because uh, that wouldn't be a thing that Betty would do. And so I, I just think that that's a part of our culture that some want to pretend doesn't exist, that we're going to disagree on a whole lot of stuff. And if you make a movie that does do really well at the box office, uh, makes a whole crap ton of money, uh, that movie may be popular. A lot of people might agree with it, but a lot of people might not. And it doesn't mean that all those people are somehow uh, anti-women or all the people who love it are, are anti-men. It just might mean a bunch of different stuff uh, that we disagree on is just stuff that I accept and you accept as, as part of living on – this got very preachy – living on earth. Uh, but I don't know. That seems to be missing, uh, especially for the younger generations. And I say that self-hating as a millennial. All right, quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. A little bit of a serious day. Let's do some not serious stuff. Uh, first, I like this. Uh, a person went viral on social media uh, for saying that if you're um, a parent, if you have kids right now, save all your cool clothing because uh, when they get older, the clothing will cycle in and out of style, and it'll be cool again. I have a lot of, I think, uh, people I know in my life uh, who believe that their clothes um, are currently cool, and I don't know if they are. I don't know what trends are, uh, but I just love this idea, and I, I can think of a lot of uh, my friends who have kids that would be thrilled to do this. Here we go. This is your sign to keep all your clothes for your future daughter because my mom kept all of her clothes from when she was a teenager in high school. And now I got so many cute things. This <laughs> is a denim dress from Abercrombie in the 90s, and it's so freaking cute. I didn't even know Abercrombie was around in the 90s. Yeah, but now it's like one of my summer staples. Here's another item of clothing that was my mom's in the 90s. This one is a denim romper 
Very cute. It's literally one of my favorite pieces of clothing ever. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say uh, adding to that part. There. Although I did know Abercrombie was around in the 90s. I think a lot of my friends wore that clothes. I didn't get to wear that clothing. I was raised by a single mom. Uh, we shopped at the thrift stores. Not her fault. Uh, it's tough in general. But no, I, I just think that's really funny. And again, I, I hope very much to share some of that with some of my friends because they'll be thrilled about it. And their kids right now will not be thrilled. Uh, they'll tell them that'll never be cool. And then they'll be wrong because all of these things, uh, history repeats itself, fashion does, everything does. All right, one other thing I want to play, and I'll get this in just under the wire. Uh, This is a woman who went viral for accidentally breaking into a Dollar General. She said the lights were on, or at least somewhat on, and the door was open, but the Dollar General definitely was closed. Police showed up. It was a whole thing. Here's part of that audio. I just broke into the Dollar General. (laughs) It was 9.45. I assumed it closed at 10. I walked right in the door. I started shopping, and on my Snapchat, I started putting stories saying, wow, it's really dark in here. Okay, so everything was all good. I just <laughs> figured it was getting a little dark because they were trying to push people out. Yeah. It was 945. Not the reason. I just continued with my shopping. Sure, why not? Once I hit the register and put my stuff, <laughs> put my stuff down is when the alarm started going off. Yeah, and the alarms go off. She shows a video of herself taping it. Uh, She walks out. Eventually, she ends the video. The cops are here now. (laughs) Cops are here. And uh, I report she called 911 herself to let them know that she accidentally was robbing the joint of the American dollar. And then she walked out without any of the stuff she put on the conveyor belt because no one is working there. Uh, My simple question, and you can text me, uh, what would you do? 309-340-4464. 309-340-4464. You walk in, you pick up all your items. Nobody's working. You don't really know why. And then you get to the, the front at the end, put stuff down, and all of a sudden the alarms go off. Probably what she did. Although part of me is tempted to say I would leave like a 20. I take my things and wait outside uh, for the um, officers to arrive and show them what I took, which would probably get me in way more trouble because I came all the way out there. I did all the shopping. I don't want to put it back. Uh, but all right, uh, let's go to Will. He'll do some news. Uh, we got more stuff coming up in just a bit. I'm going to continue talking about uh, the latest in the world of Hunter Biden. Uh, there are other stories out there in the news, though, so I promise to cover more than just that. Uh, but Will's got you covered all over the Internet. WMBDRadio.com is a place you can read and, and listen uh, to all the stuff we put on, on the air and all the stuff we put on the web. And then also your smart speaker can play WMBD Radio. Just say, play WMBD Radio. And you'll hear Will Stevenson talking about this. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff, as I always say, to talk about. I love when people yell at us on the street. Um, Betty, my wife, is in studio. Betty's word of the day. <laughs> Betty's word of the day. Yeah, that, uh, that was that, that was pretty. That nice. happened today by a friend of ours, and also obviously a couple people that listen to the show. Amanda, Amanda, Amanda friends. Yep, uh, yep. Amanda and Tim, um, and just uh, in general, just yelling and being like, "Oh, what is it going to be today?" <laughs> and you didn't spoil it. You, you saved no, it. No, I didn't. Uh, but Betty is teaching a Spanish one word at a time. Uh, she's actually asked me if she can cut this down to three days a week instead of all five days a week uh, because I'm not learning Spanish fast enough, uh, no, and you also. Are not. Also, you have other stuff that you're, you've got to do, which is fine. We're, we'll hear from you a little less, but you're the most popular part of the show, Betty. You can't go away entirely. No, you know? I, I won't, Craig. Okay. Uh, actually, another colleague of ours was saying just rename it the Betty and Craig show, and then ratings <laughs> yes. are going to go through the roof. And I'm totally fine <laughs> with so that. Uh, first, let me ask you about the Mega Millions. Uh, the drawing is tonight. I kept thinking it was last night a bunch of times, and I was sad we didn't buy any tickets. Uh, we're going to buy tickets before $1.58 billion, uh, the third largest jackpot in the history of the United States, as far as lotteries go, um, 
we would take the annuity. Again, we talked about this last time, which would be the 30 payments over the years, not the $750 million up front or whatever the amount is. Mm -hmm. Right? You're still okay with that? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, Glad about that. Um, I will ask you again, what would you do if you won this much money? I don't even want to think about it. Really? I don't think I, the probability is for us or for, I don't know. I mean. They're horrible. They're yes, terrible. That's yes, the reason the, yes. the, uh, the you know, amount uh, is going up so for high. For me, it's kind of like when you prepare a, a party at your house sure. to see a Super Bowl or to see the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, okay, let's just celebrate that the, the lottery is going to. Be pretty be interesting, pretty and everybody's going to talk about it. Everybody's Let's not talk worry about, about it. to win. Yeah, Just you. yeah, grab something for eat or snack. And, and well, a lot of local it. news outlets are all asking people on the street what would they do if they won, and everybody says the same stuff pretty much: help my friends, help my family, you yeah, know, help those that I yep. care about, yep. pay off all my debt. Yeah, um, first thing. And that's all wrong. People shouldn't do it. Not, they can do that stuff. It's fine. But <laughs> no, they, you got to do something. Track. You got to buy yourself something stupid. That's the first thing you got to do. What would you? What would you buy for yourself? I've talked track? about on the show before. I would More recreate. And I would no <laughs> for my basement studio. Yes. I, I would recreate Yankee Stadium in our backyard. I'd get you know uh, the fences all painted, and I get the whole like all that going. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, or maybe I just buy myself a James Bond More Aston Martin. Cable, no, no, no. You got robbed last night. <laughs> I did get robbed. Yes. yes. I got robbed the other day over the weekend. Someone broke into my car, and I don't want to tell people how because <laughs> it's kind of easy to break into my car right yes. now. Yes. I-, I parked it here over the weekend. I'm not driving it as much because... I might be retiring the car. Yeah, um, um, we're being driving more. Yeah, uh, it's not going to be super car. fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, so yeah, somebody crawled through and took some stuff out and left a bunch <laughs> of stuff yeah. uh, in the car. Which is very funny because, I mean, I don't want to say how how many things you have, I have some in, stuff. in I have, your I have truck, but cables you carry stuff. your uh, radio uh, some of it. boot on, on grandpa sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have some radio things in there, and they just didn't steal any. They yeah. just left it all, and I thought some of it was definitely worth stealing. You got lucky because sometimes you literally have, like, three luggages full of, like, radio equipment. equipment. Yeah. Yep. Well, yep. Uh, my own equipment, by the way, not not the radio equipment no, here. I, know. I don't want you to scare anybody, yes. any of the bosses. Yes, no, I It's know. all my stuff. You're right. No, I'd taken a lot of it out. Thankfully, yes. I did a uh, remote broadcast somewhat recently with my stuff, so I moved it around, and I'm doing one again. Uh, are you going to come on Monday uh, to the uh, the riverfront when yes, I go Craig. out there, I'll be there for the big giant bears thing that yeah. we're doing in town, uh, the bears tailgate? Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you going to give your word of the day uh, there at some point, live on the radio? Okay, good. Good. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I'm just knowing, knocking my You're just my... knocking. You're like, whatever you want, husband. Is that how you deal with me a lot when I ask you to do radio stuff? It's just like, oh, fine. Whatever this husband wants. Pretty much. I love radio, <laughs> though. That's and, why I do it. Otherwise, and, probably I wouldn't do it. And you love the VFW in Peoria. I do. I do love. I do love support the VFW. Yeah. So much so, courses. you brought your own coffee machine there, and now yes. they make you coffee, and they put Bailey's in it the other day. Oh my God! Yes. And I think yes. that's called Don't the even Betty Collins. Because I need yeah. one right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, before I, I I let you go, I want the uh, Spanish word of the day. What's the word of the day for today? Palomitas. Betty? Palomitas. Yes, palomitas. I don't know how to say that word. That means popcorn. Yes, palomitas. Yes. Um, One of your favorite words, Craig. One of my favorite things. I love popcorn dinner when we just go to a movie and see the movie and eat popcorn, and that's all the dinner is. Yes. Um, um, My sister-in-law, my brother's wife. Yeah, we got that expression for for our sister-in-law. Also, just real quick, um, popcorn in Mexico is different than popcorn in the United States because of the toppings. 
In, in the United States, <laughs> in the movie theater, we yeah. put butter on it. Yeah. In Mexico, you guys, for some reason, put in your butter machines, have hot sauce. Yes. Yeah, you push the button, and you're expecting butter, and then hot sauce pours all over your palate. Yeah, hot yeah. sauce, yes, uh, it is different. You like that way better. Oh, my God, yes. Why? Why is it better? Well, it's way tastier. Uh, or or I don't know. Sauce? I mean, when I moved to this country and I realized that... Uh, people add butter, mm-hmm. and it was pretty good too. But I I like the spiciness. You don't the like the butter. Come on, be honest. Whenever we get um, no, well, whenever we get popcorn together, you go no butter, no yes, none. I rather prefer just like without. yeah, without. And yeah. then a bunch of hot sauce if we if yes, you pack we, some with yeah, you. Yes. If you see Betty walking into a movie theater and you think she's smuggling something, it's hot sauce. <laughs> it's hot sauce that's, in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's illegal. I don't even know if that's so not allowed. Some envelopes are like hot yeah, sauce. Yeah, you got little packets, uh, little yeah. little baggies. Uh, yeah, you could like deal hot sauce on the street. Yeah, although if you to. I told you yesterday that uh, hot uh, sauces and like hot spices are getting me uh, as I, as I get older, mm-hmm. my stomach is getting more Weaker? more sensitive. You're, you're, you're yes, becoming like yes. me. Yes, I used to be super good to handle oh. any kind of spice, like habanero and like uh, all kind of like very spicy mm-hmm. peppers. But not anymore. Do you think but, there's going to be a day where I can handle hot foods better than you? No, I don't think so, Craig. <laughs> not, no, not close. Uh, uh, no, Never going to get close, that bad. No. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. That, no. that hurt. It's right, so funny because I try to put a little bit of spicy in some of the food that I make, and I literally prepare it like... Hold on. I don't want you to say this wrong. Go ahead. Keep going. With a less spicy, yep. like I was you, like, you okay, try to lower I, the try, spice. I try a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay, this is going to be okay. Now, for hold Craig. on. And then... See, I know what you're going to say, Craig but you're going to be wrong. Craig tried and tasted it, and he's like... Holy cow, this is super spicy. Yeah, but you, I don't stop eating it. The, the thing yeah, that, that you don't true. give me credit for yeah, I is know, I just sit there at our I kitchen know. table and but I you sweat. you don't have to. You don't have to. No, I do. I, <laughs> yes. eat it, I eat it. The the thing that you don't think is that spicy and I think is real spicy and I say it's yeah. spicy, I finish as, my meal. As soon as I see your cheeks <laughs> turning red and your whole right. face turning red, I was like, right. okay, you got to stop right there. But I interrupted you because you've told our friends before and you always say, like, I stop eating. That's not true. No, I, you, I finish you my are, dish. You are like a I just, I just profusely, I sweat from my face. <laughs> yes. I get like a, a little napkin, wipe my face, I yeah. drink water the whole time, water. but it's I like do it. This is the first yes. thing that you look for, water right. or like a, some kind uh-huh. of soda or juice. But I wanted I wanted that half win because that's not really a full win there. Yeah. I sweat real hard, real <laughs> bad. It's not great, but I do it. All right. Thank you, Betty, as always, for you're jumping welcome. on the show. Thank you for having me, Craig. Understand that you're getting popular. can only have you three days oh. a week moving forward. Oh, thank you for people. <laughs> no. Like they cheering love you. for us. Yes, they love you. All right. Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, 32 vehicles were reportedly found submerged in Florida in a lake in Florida in Miami-Dade County. 32. Uh, I guess these guys were um, volunteering and they were diving and they're trying to solve cold cases. I don't know what they thought they'd find, but they found a whole bunch of cars. This is creepy. Uh, I have um, ties to the mafia, or I believe I do. I shouldn't say it that way on the radio. I think uh, being an East Coast Italian, um, that at some point my family may or sort of kind of been somehow tied to mafia. So this feels like it could be that organized crime. Uh, some people said that it could just be a litany of reasons why people would dispose of vehicles, um, probably all crime related uh, this way. Maybe it's not one group uh, that's had to make 32 cars disappear. Um, but that, that's a lot of vehicles. And now I guess people are showing up and uh, wondering if a stolen car of theirs uh, wound up in the lake. I don't think you want it back, uh, depending on how long it's been submerged down there. But just knowing it was there is probably um, valuable uh, somehow. Uh, part of me, like it did run through my mind 
And I don't know and I don't think there's any way that this is probably demonstrated to be at all likely to be true uh, within this story. But we, we've heard about uh, more and more carjackings, especially younger people uh, that do it and go like joyriding. I think there's even a social media page uh, here in town uh, that I, I think was sent to me by a listener a while ago. And I forwarded it direct, directly to the uh, police um, in in our community. Uh, where like they would put up viral videos of kids live streaming themselves driving uh, stolen cars uh, just for whatever reason it might be um, from a social media standpoint. You commit a crime like that. I don't know. Um, but that's one potential avenue I did think about is that people are just disposing of them in, in lakes and stuff or just abandoning them on the side of the road. Uh, that's another thing you hear. But it's 32 cars. So that, that was eye popping uh, to me. But that's out of Florida. So maybe you don't care. Uh, some other stuff that I thought was interesting uh, going on. There's a couple stories today about how we all are doing, how the United States is doing in the world of money. Uh, Americans are pulling more out of their 401k plans at an alarming rate. Uh, this is something that I think we saw a huge uptick in uh, during COVID. And there were ways in which you could pull money from a retirement, a 401k, uh, without the typical penalties you would get. I don't think that all those uh, tax benefits still exist the way they did during that emergency period, um, but it doesn't seem to matter uh, because 36% increase in the second quarter of 2022 of the amount of people pulling money out of their 401k saying that people are in uh, difficult times and just need ex uh, access to extra cash, uh, extra funds, and they don't have it uh, some other way. And also uh, that is tied to this other story I saw Credit card balances jumped in the second quarter and are above one trillion dollars in the United States for the first time. A trillion dollars of credit card debt uh, is held right now. Um, and it's it's maybe an either or uh, maybe it's a little bit of both for people. If you have a, a retirement account that seems like a better strategy than, say, uh, loading up a credit card, uh, then maybe people are going that road instead of. I don't know. Uh, but it does seem as though no matter what the. Um, politicians are telling us and top five at five is coming up in a little more than 10 minutes. And I'll talk about some of the things that are being said on the street uh, and some of the things that are being said by the, the current White House and how they're very different and how even uh, CNN can admit that the message that's being sold is not um, landing uh, the way that uh, Bidenomics is trying to make it land. And that's, that's probably why the things I'm saying right here, the amount of debt, uh, the, the money not going as far. You know, what's interesting. Um, I don't know how much I should talk about my own finances on my radio show, uh, but I was looking the other day at a credit card that my wife and I hadn't used before, um, and I just started using this one card because I wanted to organize stuff and I wanted a clean slate version of a thing because uh, I do use credit cards, but I pay them off um, as many as I can, as much as I can, and usually try to pay all of it so you don't pay any interest. And I've always heard that that was safer than using your debit card to pay for things. Uh, but we we have a collection, like we have a few uh, that we use. And so I tried to put everything on one and how quickly the money built up. Like like you look at it for a couple of weeks and be like, how did we how did we spend that much? And then you look at the grocery bill and it's this price. You look at this, you know, you tell whatever the costs are. And all of a sudden you think to yourself like, this is broken. Um, and any way that you focus on it, if you go to the grocery store and walk out and look at the bill and seem to have that sticker shock thing, um, whatever it might be, uh, just the way in which the, the money flies out of our pockets is the biggest thing that most Americans would respond to if it's talked about and talked about correctly. And right now, the politicians uh, in Washington, and especially this current president, want to sell you that things are great. 
uh, the vice president today said that wages are up. Uh, they're not actually up when you consider the cost of things. Inflation uh, means that real wages are down. But it was just something else to, to try to put all of my my you know um, uh, expenses into one one bucket so you can look at everything through that you know digital receipt. Not even have to take the notes myself and see how crazy it gets and how quickly it gets that crazy. Uh, some other things out there uh, that I thought were kind of interesting. Uh, before we take a break and, and Will fires off some news, uh, never use the self-checkout. That is what one criminal defense attorney is saying. Uh, I think he went viral on the Internet, or she uh, went viral on the Internet for saying this, on TikTok specifically. Uh, the reason why uh, Carrie uh, Jerrigan, I don't know if I'm getting her name right, uh, is saying that is because you could be accused falsely of taking stuff, of stealing things. Uh, I guess there are a lot of uh, bigger retailers now uh, that, Mark, if someone takes something, I've read stories about this, and then when you have stolen enough money and they have enough of the videotapes to prove it, uh, there are people, I think Walmart is one of the places that might be doing this, that actually wind up all of a sudden being in a pretty decent amount of trouble because you've made it a regular thing. I always think that at the self-checkout, that I might accidentally like not swipe a thing, uh, but I, I never really have that problem. I'm, I'm very thorough. I actually prefer to go to the, to the people, though. I don't like doing the self-checkout. I like the humans. Uh, my wife always wants to go self-checkout. She thinks it's faster. I, I don't. Nobody. It's crazy how few people go to the human being now, how many people prefer the self-checkout and how much longer that line can get than, than the person who will take your stuff and, and you know, put it in bags for you, and then you leave. Um, but I've, I've always thought that, that, like, I'll accidentally take a thing, and I'll get in trouble. And so I'm very thorough, very careful. I, I could work at the, uh, the gr grocery store, no problem. I would, I would be great at the world of the cashier, as most people probably would. Uh, but I do love this, that she's saying that you might be falsely accused of a thing. Uh, I think they all have video cameras. I don't know how many people would uh, falsely wind up actually guilty uh, if the video camera doesn't show something. I don't know. Maybe the technology fades or, or fails, I think is what she's saying, too. Uh, but I'm, I'm not convinced that that's a real risk. And I think you can use... Uh, the self-checkout without any concern uh, whatsoever, uh, any concern in the world. All right, one other quick thing, uh, just to throw this out there, too. Uh, there was a, a desire for The Office to have a spinoff uh, with Stanley, uh, one of the characters in the show, and it was so strong with fans that apparently they raised $110,000 in a GoFundMe in the actor's name to get him to be in a, a spinoff show uh, for uh, his character from The Office. He has given that money back to fans now. Uh, he has said that he doesn't want the money, that he doesn't, he's, doesn't want to keep the money because no one's making this spinoff show, and it doesn't really make any sense. Leslie David Baker is the name of the actor. Uh, but he's done this before, too. I guess they had a campaign in 2020 uh, during COVID. They keep trying to make him uh, make a, a TV show. Uh, I think they want the um, name of the show to be Uncle Stan uh, for his character. Uh, but again, he doesn't he want to make it alone. Uh, they're striking right now, so that might be another reason. But I just thought that was funny that fans keep just handing money to someone and that person keeps being like, please stop giving me money for this. I can't make this happen. This isn't going to happen uh, and probably nowhere near enough money, even though it sounds like a lot to you and me. Uh, it's definitely not Mega Millions money. All right, quick break. Will's got the news. Uh, AM, it's 1470, FM 100.3, all over the internet, WMBDradio.com. Top five at five coming up next. Those are the five biggest stories of the day, according to me. Uh, but Will's got you first. Fourteen seventy. 
100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. It is time for the Top 5 at 5. Let's do it. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Craig Collins Show. That's right. Um, it was kind of hard to pick because I am trying to do an order now for these topics. So it was hard to pick what the lower end of the order was. Uh, the higher end of the order, not that hard uh, for me. But this is uh, topic number 5. Um, number five, uh, car crashed into the second floor of a house in what is being described by police as an intentional act. Um, the fact that this is intentional is, I guess, not totally shocking. If somehow you wind up on the second floor of a house, the driver of the vehicle, I think, is in uh, serious condi- condition. Uh, the uh, people inside the home were not injured. Uh, but questions that firefighters are asking themselves is why this happened in Lewistown, Pennsylvania. Uh, they found a 2006 gray sedan uh, that was sticking out of the window in the top part of the home. Again, like that's that's craziness uh, to to be mad at whatever you're mad at, uh, who was uh, injured in the crash, uh, was taken to the hospital. The driver who was injured in the crash was taken to uh, the hospital. A hospital spokesperson said that there was no information on the patient, according to the Washington Post. Uh, the raise and elevation from the bottom and top of the um, the area where the uh, vehicle found the ability uh, to, to clear the driveway and jettison into the second floor of the house. Like, I want more information on this, and I'm glad that uh, people weren't hurt if it was an intentional act, but Talk about making someone mad enough at you. They try to drive a car into the second tier part of your house. I can't I can't fathom it. It's not their fault. Uh, That person's insane. Uh, But again, I I really would like more details. and I don't see any of them in the post article, Uh, but it felt like a top five story at me or at least a a different version of one. Uh, Number four on this list. And this is definitely lower end, too. Uh, the car probably should have beat this one. Ron DeSantis has replaced his campaign manager and continues to plan to reboot his presidential bid. Uh, numbers are not looking good for the um, once thought of, um, you know, best contender against um, former President Trump for the Republican nomination. Looks like even Vegas is now thinking that Vivek Ramaswamy is more likely to be the number two option. Odds on him have been uh, growing and odds on DeSantis being the nominee are shrinking. But that's also out there in the world. And uh, this can somewhat be tied to what's being said about our current president. So call this maybe a 4A or 4B. Um, even CNN is admitting just how bad things look in the world of the current president, his approval ratings, the messaging, Bidenomics, trying to tell people that uh, financially things are going great, that the economy's uh, killing it because most people are not. Uh, I just mentioned a bit ago that um, credit card debt has now passed a trillion dollars for the first time ever, and more people are taking out money from their 401ks uh, than they were. Um, and it's been the past few years that people have been doing that. But here's Jake Tapper on CNN admitting that things look bad for Democrats, re- irrelevant to uh, who's running against the, the Democrats. Uh, this administration not having things go a way they'd probably want them to be going right now, uh, anything but pretty much the entire time in office, even from uh, polling from those who say, they vote Democratic. They're not thrilled or don't intend to vote for uh, the current president. So the White House uh, clearly uh, trying to gin up excitement for President Biden's 2024 campaign. Yes. Um, his CNN's poll from last week found that President Biden's approval rating is at only 41 percent. Mm-hmm. Only 37 percent of Americans approve of his handling of the economy. I, I, I said this in our staff meeting today. I feel like I've been noting this for three years. <laughs> 
President Biden is out there heralding <laughs> such and such, and the American yes. people disapprove overwhelmingly. Yes, that is a thing that's been happening for a while now, and they disapprove overwhelmingly because for the most part, it seems that the president of the United States is lying uh, about uh, a lot of the stuff that he's saying, at least just from your own personal experience. And you don't have to be Republican, Democrat. Your political side of the aisle doesn't matter if you think that your money isn't going as far as it used to go and things are tighter, uh, then you would disagree uh, with the Bidenomics bragging about uh, how great the economy is. And so that leads us to the third one on the list. And admittedly, this probably should have been higher, um, but I, they're connected. So here we go. Uh, two or three. This It's going to be hard for me to number these. And yet I'm trying to do it. Uh, Biden is now indicated by yet another um, or at least somewhat indicated by another um, business partner of Hunter Biden's, uh, the president of the United States, for weird versions of meetings, uh, confusing information, uh, getting out there to the public, uh, different than what Biden has said. So let's actually do it this way. Let's play several times that our current president said he had no knowledge, no information, no understanding of Hunter Biden's business dealings. He said it a lot uh, while running for office and even after becoming our president. And it seems impossible, uh, given what's come to light over the last couple of weeks. Never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. I did anything wrong. And uh, I didn't realize he was on the board till after it was after he'd been on the board. And at the same time, he has come forward and said it was a mistake on his part to be on the board. I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. <laughs> I had no idea. The fact is, I was unaware of his investments until those occurred. And I've never discussed what my son's business with him because I didn't want any conflict. I don't discuss business with my son. I didn't know that was the case. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business. I've never discussed my business or their business, my son's or daughter's, and I've never discussed... Yeah, no one's asking about your daughter's business. By the way, I didn't add the ominous music at the bottom there. It's just a viral video that's up on social media uh, that I chose to play. But that's several of the times, and there's been a bunch more, uh, where Biden says, I've got no knowledge, no information. We, we don't talk. I barely know my son. I feel like is what you say at that point. And just before I even play this new update and, and thing, how reckless of a politician would you have to be to be the vice president and to not be aware, not that I'm saying I believe what Biden is saying, uh, but to not be aware of the ways in which your son, not like a, a, f a far flung relative, but your son is selling access to you, uh, which is what Devin Archer, uh, the business partner of Hunter Biden, said uh, more or less last week. Uh, both uh, behind closed doors uh, to politicians and then to Tucker Carlson and others uh, in a public interview. Uh, he said that um, his father would call in during business meetings and be put on speakerphone 20 times. Does that mean uh, that Hunter Biden was in on it? Technically, no, it, it doesn't have to mean that uh, Hunter Biden could just be uh, or that doesn't mean that President Biden was in on it. But Hunter Biden could just be that horrible, that crazy of a guy selling access to his dad. But now you have this. Now you have this story and a whole bunch of meetings at the White House when Biden is our vice president. We are learning more about how Hunter Biden's longtime business partner, Eric Shuren, visited, visited the Obama White House far more than previously thought. The new review bumps the number up from 27 to 36 visits. Both are bad. All this could mean 
Republican lawmakers will want to hear, of course, from Schurman. Yeah. ASAP. Devin Archer's interview, meanwhile, last week, quite the trove of information of Joe Biden's ties to Hunter's business dealings. Now, Fox has obtained a 2011 letter showing just how close then-VP Biden was, indeed, to Archer. One line reading this, I hope I get a chance to see you again soon with Hunter. Uh, by the way, Tucker Carlson had that last week on the interview that he did with Devin Archer, one of the two businessmen uh, that has said the things that they're saying. Um, it, it is very, very, very hard uh, to believe that the president, then vice president, had no knowledge of and no um, hand in the amount of things that Hunter Biden is now connected to because of stuff like this. 36, 37 meetings at the White House makes no sense. Uh, but here's what I'll say, because I, I don't know definitively, and I'm not going to tell you I do know definitively uh, when I don't, even though you might be yelling at the radio. Come on. I know. I know the the smoke is as much as it could. The, like the house is on fire, all the things. Uh, but I'll keep asking the same question as more of this stuff comes out there. Which one is worse? Uh, a guy who is corrupt and in on it and taking money and, and accepting bribes and all that stuff or a guy who is this unaware of what his own child is doing while he's in positions of power in our government. Both are horrible. Both are, are utterly inept. One is much more legal uh, than the other. I get that. One sends you to jail. Uh, being an idiot as far as being a father uh, or just a person uh, isn't necessarily illegal. But neither one would make any sense uh, to anyone um, as far as the capabilities of the person who's in charge of the country right now. Both are real bad. Uh, one, you get in trouble and thrown in the hoosegow and whatnot. Although, who knows, uh, since his name is not Trump, he probably won't be indicted and attacked the way that he probably could be in this situation. Because, again, also, it just makes me think one other thing, uh, a side tangent, and then I'll, I'll get back to the top five at five, is the accusations out of New York against the former president. They are just accusations at this point, and they might feel as though they have proof and they might be going in the direction they're going and saying, you know, that they're felonies instead of misdemeanor charges because of some other crime uh, that Alvin Bragg didn't say even happened, uh, or at least we don't know what that is still. Uh, but what's funny about that to me is it feels like they have as much information or they've released as much information about how Trump specifically is guilty of things that his business might have done wrong in the world of, of uh, what they said were business expenses and what weren't. And you, have the, you got the same with Hunter. Uh, Hunter is as guilty as whoever at the Trump organization uh, wrote a payment one way or did a thing one way. And so why wouldn't it be enough uh, to indict someone, the sitting president, if it's enough to indict a, a former president and the leading candidate on the right side of the aisle? I don't have an answer to that. I just want to ask because it feels like it's the, the amount is fairly similar to someone definitely committed a lot of crimes. Uh, was there someone at the top overseeing it, benefiting from it, all that other stuff? Uh, that's the question they're trying to answer against Trump in New York. And I'm told I'm not allowed to really ask it as much as you'd want to in the world of, uh, of Biden. But we don't listen. That's good. Uh, two other ones that are top five stories at five. This one's horrific. And I put it in the top five because I couldn't I couldn't help myself. Number two on this list, uh, a teenage cousin of the Uvalde shooter, uh, the one who killed uh, a children, um, apparently got arrested for threatening to do the exact same thing. Uh, that cousin is 17 years old, so the name is not being put out there. Uh, the cousin was trying to buy a, a gun illegally, um, and I'm not going to say the name of the person who actually 
uh, committed the horrific uh, shooting in, in Uvalde, Texas, because I don't like saying the names of those people. I don't like giving them any any you know notoriety whatsoever. Uh, but planning to do the same thing and being caught for it is is obviously very good. Uh, trying to acquire a a illegal private sale version of a gun, uh, it does show that the system uh, can work, and that made me happy. But this was uh, this was really shocking to read as far as the story goes, and it says a lot about to me. And I know I'm not always supposed to go this road either. Mental health, um, mental health is something that can have uh, biological components to it. Uh, as well as a whole lot, of course, of, of nature and nurture uh, kind of things in there. Um, but I wonder if there's some sort of issue with uh, people in this family in the world of mental health. And uh, that's the only reason I could even start to think as to why a, a family member of someone who did something like that would want to do it uh, too. But um, I'm glad the person got caught. And it's, uh, uh, you know, a really interesting story, I guess, or or it's not I, I want to call it terrible um, but since justice prevailed, I guess it's not as terrible as it, as it could have been. It's just jarring. I just saw it and I reacted to it. And then number one, although debatably, probably I should have moved some of these around, but I, I do think this one will have the most significance. Well, maybe the, the stuff about Hunter and uh, the president, although I, I don't believe that it'll ever fall on the feet that it seems like it should fall on uh, there. But this to me, and this is going to be an odd number one for most of the people listening, uh, is going to impact the next year and a half, uh, the, the entirety of the presidential election, um, a judge has ordered a hearing on Trump's lawyers saying that they've proposed protective order, that the proposed protective order, excuse me, would infringe on Trump's free speech. Um, the former president, of course, I, I don't need to say it. I keep saying it. The most likely candidate to be the nominee on the Republican side of the aisle. Uh, this story matters. And the reason why is not because you want to be pro-Trump or anti-Trump or anything to do with any politician, in all honesty. It has to do with politics itself, uh, at least to me. Let's get all high and mighty, because if you can't say whatever you want to say and then expect the American people to be able to figure out what's true and false uh, in the world of running for president, then where can you say it? Where does the First Amendment exist if it doesn't exist there? And especially in a world where all of these things, the things he's accused of, the indictments, uh, the federal cases, all of it, are things that are relevant to a whole lot of voters because it's all over news media. To say that you can't talk about it, and I understand the way the legal system works, I understand the reason that gag orders and whatnot exist, and protection of, of people involved in these cases, I understand all that. That's the reason you don't do this, or at least don't do this till after an election season is over, because there is no way that you can gag order the current nominee on that side of the aisle and claim you're not interfering with the election. There's no way you can do it. You cannot mutually exclude uh, those two things. They are tied together deeply, and it simply matters. Uh, because if this move works, uh, I think this move might be used by other politicians down the road uh, trying to dig up dirt and then get people uh, into situations where legally, they, if Trump can't talk about stuff, uh, there's things that people have questions about, and he won't be able to answer those questions, uh, no matter if he's telling the truth or not. I'm not saying he would tell the truth in all these situations. I'm just saying that he would he would be harmed as far as his campaign goes. So to me, this is actually the most interesting story uh, that's going to play out for the next year and a half, is how controlled will the speech of the former president be, especially if, of course, he actually does become the nominee on the Republican side of the aisle. 
Uh, that will be something that gets studied in legal classes, I think, at some point. Uh, but anyway, that is the top five at five. Quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, thank you to a bunch of people who texted. I'll get to those texts in just a second. You can text the show, 309-340-4464, 309-340-4464. Uh, the VFW in Peoria Heights is one of my favorite places to go. Uh, you can actually buy your Mega Millions ticket there. Uh, it's a, a good way to hang out for a couple hours, uh, get some uh, food on Taco Tuesday, and then maybe win uh, a ridiculous amount of money uh, via the Mega And they probably would party hard with you if you won the Mega Millions in the, in the establishment. I'm just assuming uh, they would. Uh, but the VFW in Peoria Heights is at 1505 East Lake Avenue. Uh, 309-682-9875 is the phone number. Uh, 309-682-9875. And as I said, 1505 East Lake, just about a block or two off Prospect. Um, it is a fun place to go. The food's very good on, on Tuesday night. They got game rooms in the back. Um, they have a Craig Collins drink that you can buy, uh, that has mid tier vodka at well tier pricing and they're donating a dollar to their food drive or excuse me, their toy drive. So there's a bunch of reasons to hang out. Plus I'll probably go buy my lottery ticket there tonight or a couple of them tonight. And I do again, think that they would party hard. Uh, just quickly, one thing about the text coming in, and I've got a few of them, including a text from Mike, uh, who said that I need to invest my winnings if I win the Mega Millions, and I'll have way more money than if I take the annuity. I mentioned while I was talking to Betty that we're planning on taking the annuity when we obviously win uh, the, the jackpot tonight. Here's the reason that I'm not going to do the thing you said, Mike, uh, or any of the other textures that told me I'm a dummy and I'm losing a bunch of money because I'm not taking the 700-something million and investing it. And I read this a long time ago about a lottery, uh, is a lot of people make horrible decisions after they win the lot. Most people wind up losing a whole lot of money. Granted, at that amount, you probably can't spend it all. You're probably immune uh, to screwing it up as badly as, as people do. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons for that. The annuity protects you. It only gives you a certain amount each year to, to screw with. And they say you can make year one, year two, year three bad decisions and still wind up with 27 more years, a sweet, sweet cash to help you out to make the decisions correctly. That's why I'm doing it. It's to protect me, not because I, I, I don't understand that I can make more money uh, in those 30 years by investing it correctly. I know I'm not going to do that. And you know you're not going to do that too, Mike. Or maybe Mike would, but some of the other listeners out there, come on, you know the same. All right, quick break. Will's got the news. All over the internet, WMBDradio.com. Uh, you can find uh, the stuff we put up, the news we're reporting on. You can even listen to us live or just tell your smart speaker, play WMBD Radio, and hear Will Stevenson talking about this. Fourteen seventy, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Time for good story, bad story. Uh, one of these stories, actually two of them, I'm going to do a twofer of each, uh, will make you feel good about the world we live, the people in it, um, you know, uh, being kind to your fellow man, all the stuff, all the feelings will be great. Then we'll kick you in a place you don't want to be kicked in uh, with some other stories that are also true and out there in the world, uh, because that's life, darn it, that's how things work. All right, first let's do the good stories. Uh, a 75-year-old in Missouri named Peggy hasn't had AC all summer. Uh, a repair guy, a scammed her, showed up in February of this year um, and told her he'd fix her AC for five grand. Took the five grand, never came back to fix the AC. Uh, it actually reminds me of all the times uh, Jessica Tharp and the BBB of Central Illinois uh, have told me that this thing happens all the time. 
uh, that these sort of things are are a common scam, and you should check. You should work with places like the BVB uh, to make sure that those that you're uh, trusting with repairs like this are are people that are on the up and up. Uh, so that just ran through my brain just now. But her her house has been 90 degrees this entire summer. A guy decided to help. He heard about the story online. Uh, he's also an AC repair person, uh, so he went over there. He upgraded her for free. He did a bunch of stuff. Uh, it's a cool story. I think there's even some audio. Uh, but Peggy and the Good Samaritan, Harry, are now obviously friends. I'm just thankful that so many people care and uh, came to my rescue because I didn't know what I was going to do. There is a lot of lot of problems in the world these days. And yep. Anybody that can reach out and just do a little good for somebody, it needs to happen more often. We need to just do a little bit of good. Uh, and I was actually reading something that you should just give random compliments to people, although in the world we live in right now, you might get in trouble uh, if you do that. But um, make sure the compliment is whatever you think it needs to be. Uh, but that can work, too. It can brighten people's day. Uh, and actually, I have another story probably about that later on. And a guy at a Chipotle who was very happy and went viral. But uh, another good story that I saw out there, uh, although maybe this is just uniquely good to, to people like me, people who love uh, and I wish I knew more about how to fix uh, cars or old cars or uh, my motorcycle that I had. Uh, there's a guy that bought a 1933 Austin 10 saloon and decided to meet all the people who ever owned the car. His name is Carl. So he tracked down almost all the owners using a logbook. Um, on social media, and then he planned a road trip in the vehicle uh, that is obviously uh, very, very well maintained to meet all of the former owners of the car. This is awesome. I, I love this. I'd want to do this too. Uh, he met family members. He met uh, people that um, you know were connected to, to some of the first people that owned the car uh, and actually also people that uh, had it as their first car as it started to get older before it became something that was that well maintained. I uh, highly recommend uh, maybe that's the way I say goodbye to my Jeep as I go track down anybody who owned it before me. That probably won't go as well uh, as this one is. But very cool story, a very cool idea. I'm glad everybody embraced it and also in love, like, enjoyed seeing their car, it sounds like. All right, those are the good stories. Uh, now it's time to get to get punched in the teeth uh, by the world we live in. A man uh, on a four-day meth bender set fire to his own car. This happened in Indiana. The guy's 32. I don't know what he did to get mad enough at his own vehicle to set it on fire. Uh, he wasn't sleeping very much because, as I mentioned, four-day uh, meth bender. Uh, he was having hallucinations. He was quoting a tiny man, he said, that was hanging out inside of his car. And then at one point, he tried to scare the guy away, and the, the tiny man didn't leave, probably because he didn't exist. Uh, so the guy burned his vehicle to the ground. <laughs> that is, that's a unique move. Uh, Middletown, Indiana, uh, 32 years old, as I said, uh, arrested, uh, probably in a good amount of trouble, and then also seems to have admitted to the amount of drugs he did. So that's probably the reason that all those things went bad for him. Uh, don't do meth, kids, is I guess the message of that story. Another bad story, and then I have some that are kind of sort of bad, I guess, but this one's also definitively bad. Uh, a guy in Georgia broke into a church. And that's not a good move. Uh, he then baptized himself, according to this uh, story, um, which is a weird first decision. You're breaking into a church. You're probably going to steal some stuff, going to commit other crimes. But I don't know if he was trying to make sure that everything's good with him and, and God. A Catholic Craig would tell him that's not the way to do that, baptizing yourself and then stealing stuff. He did rob the place. Uh, he was caught. Um, and so he's getting a lot of trouble, too, and uniquely a bad decision because churches are 
you know, places that you probably shouldn't be robbing for a litany of reasons. But the weird decision to baptize himself, I couldn't get over. Um, and when, like why that that ha- was that a spur of the moment thing? Was that the the real reason he broke into the ch- I would like more answers from this person. His name's Derek Porter. I probably won't get them. As I said, he's in a good amount of trouble, too. I even used a cinder block uh, to smash a window to get into the church in the first place. And that's how he climbed into the, the baptism pool. Uh, again, I'm very confused. Uh, Catholic Craig is, is at a loss. Uh, not not the way you're supposed to do it. Uh, I guess I can just put that out there. All right. Two other stories uh, shifting for a second, and then we'll take a break that I thought were also interesting enough to, to throw out here. But I didn't want to go so far as to call them definitively bad stories, because uh, I guess there might be some ways in which at least one of these two might be good. But there's there's a hashtag online called teaching our sons, hashtag teaching our sons. And it's women who are trying to instill certain values in their kids and the reason why they're doing it is they're saying because they want their their children to be better partners than they have or than they've had in their lives. So they want to improve on the husband uh, via the child. And that's fine. I'm not actually anti this. But I watched some of the videos uh, to understand it. And one is a woman. Her name is Desi. And she said she's teaching her son the value of, quote, retail therapy so that she doesn't get asked or, or he doesn't ask his significant other later in life. If she really needs to buy that stuff when she goes out for retail therapy of her own, uh, this obviously can be abused. There's obviously ways this could go rogue and not good, especially if you don't have any money um, and you're spending money you don't have and you're doing it as a married couple. But one person is making those decisions. There's ways mistakes can be made, people. And so I just thought it was funny that it's not like um, teaching chivalry or teaching any of that stuff. It's teaching unique things that feel like they might just be fights within relationships and people are choosing to fight their relationship by going to social media and shooting a video with their child where they teach their child not to have that fight with a future person. That's a weird way to try to iron out whether or not you can buy those new shoes, um, which is what Desi apparently is is most caring about. And if it's her own money, go ahead. Uh, go crazy. Uh, spend uh, at all. If it's his money, probably you got to have a conversation. I, would, I don't know. But anyway, I love that story. Uh, but I can see how it could be good and bad. So it's not uh, completely a bad story. And then there's there's one last one uh, that I, I think is a bad story to me. But you live your life. Uh, you make the decisions you want, however you want them, uh, according to uh, social media. And I guess some sort of stats out there, too. Uh, more guys are now getting Botox. Uh, they're calling it Brotox. Couldn't get through it. They're calling it Brotox. Men that want to look good, too, uh, is part of the title in the New York Post. Um, it's a trend that sees especially social media influencers uh, flaunting their newly um, tight uh, parts of their face or whatever else. I don't know what's going on there uh, by getting Botox and promoting it and then even having sponsorship deals of some kinds. Uh, more than 265,000 men received Botox injections in 2020. That is 182 percent. Uh, increase in the amount of those procedures done for dudes compared to two decades ago. The reason I consider this bad is because I'm never getting any Brotox. You just live that life, man. I would much rather force my uh, hair that is one day probably going to spite me and be gone uh, into still existing uh, via the hair plugs, via anything. I've talked about it before on the radio, even jumping on a plane, going to another country where it's cheaper and, and taking that risk than I ever would to inject the Botox into my own face. I Brotox is a thing, though, and I guess it's making uh, about 300,000 guys a year 
as of a couple of years ago, happy. So, again, each their own. Not officially a bad story, just a bad story to me. Quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100 point. I just talked about Brotox. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Fourteen seventy, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. I have just some other stuff to get to. No, other stuff uh, that I'm not going to get. No, I don't know. I don't want to steal Greg and Dan's bit. Uh, but I have some uh, additional topics uh, that I, I don't want to leave on the cutting room floor. So we're going to rapid fire some more stuff. I'm in a good mood today. Uh, that's probably why I'm saying so many different things. And I know I talk fast. I'm sorry. I try to fix it sometimes. I can't do it all the time. So I saw this on one of my favorite places on Reddit. Am I the jerk is what I call it. Am I the A word is what you can actually say. Uh, and I probably could actually say on the radio. Uh, but people go there. They tell stories. They ask who the bad guy is. Uh, a guy went on there and said, is he the bad guy? Because he's getting married and he invited his buddy, a good friend of his, but he hates the guy's wife. And so he said he's not inviting his friend's wife to his, like, uninvited. Because I think if you send an invite, people are allowed to bl- bring a plus one usually. And so, like, his caveat is the plus one can't be the missus. And he's asking who the jerk is. Is it him? Is it the friend if the friend chooses not to go to the wedding because he's uninvited the wife? This is an easy one to answer. It's definitely the guy. You can't do this. You, you can never do this. It doesn't matter how much you dislike the people that your friends are with. Uh, you will be the bad guy. You will lose that fight. Uh, you will not be the person they choose to hang out with. Um, we learned this back in high school uh, when you had any buddies that started to date uh, girlfriends. Uh, if you liked the girlfriends or didn't like them, didn't matter. Uh, your buddy was showing up to less stuff, and sometimes he'd bring her along, and sometimes it wasn't always the most fun. Uh, but say something, and you're, you're out, uh, not anybody else. But I just can't believe he did it. Uh, the part that amazes me is that he went online and complained about it and told the whole story of the why uh, he doesn't like the, the wife. Um, but just the fact that he, he wanted his friend there and not her, and it's his way. I'm not laughing because I think it's the right thing to do. It's so bold. It, you have to have a friend uh, that's a certain level of good for this not to be the end of that friendship forever. And even then, it probably will be if they tell the missus, because uh, I assume the guy didn't go. Uh, but I don't know. He wanted to know who the bad guy is, and I can answer that one, even if you don't think it's it's the right answer. Uh, but 309-340-4464, if you want to text me and tell me, 309-340-4464. I remember there was one, and she's not really a friend of ours anymore. This is a weird story to tell on the radio. I'll do it quickly. But there was one uh, girl uh, that told Betty right when she first started dating me that I was a bit of a player. Uh, that's what she said. I remember it to this day. And that Betty probably shouldn't be in a relationship with me because uh, I was in my 20s and I, I did have um, a few different people that I dated. I, I don't know how to, you know, it's not, I wasn't as mad as you might. It, well, anyway, uh, my wife chose to make another decision. It's worked out for us. I'm glad about that. But I never held that against that person that they had said that to, to my wife uh, that I don't know. I've been at a few parties with Craig and he seems. He seems like there's um, not a lot of likelihood that he's settling down anytime soon. And she was right, by the way, that person about that. Even though when I met Betty, I decided, ah, it'll be fine. I don't need any of these other uh, things in my life anymore, any of these other hassles or conversations or, or going out on dates with, with different I, – I should stop talking about this now. 
I've just realized that this should be over immediately. Uh, but anyway, that's my version of, of someone saying a bad thing about me. And I think that person was invited to our wedding still. I don't think they went, which, which feels odd. And I don't know the answer. Anyway, moving on. Other stuff to talk about. Uh, my teen texts me this gross emoji when they feel unsafe is another headline I saw out there that I thought was interesting. Uh, this mom and her, her daughter, who's 12, have a code. If the daughter is in any situation they don't want to be in for any reason with their friends, uh, they just send a poop emoji and just a poop emoji to mom. And mom knows that's the SOS. Uh, go get the kid. Find them. Uh, you know, Get them out of whatever situation they're in. She said it works great. Uh, they've only used it a couple times. And they thought of it a couple years ago. But I, I love that. Uh, it's the same thing you get other places uh, when, say, like uh, a bartender slips a note to somebody to make sure they're okay at, at something. And it's very discreet of the ways in which those things usually go viral and important. So I, I like the fact that this exists. I like that it's not, hey, can you come? I don't know why people would be looking at the person's phone. Uh, but, hey, can you come get me or, or anything or even a phone call? Just a poop emoji. I get shot down uh, from uh, the kid to the parent and then boom. Uh, the, the, you know, play is an action. They, they start doing all the stuff they need to do. Uh, some other things out there, uh, just quickly, and I know I haven't talked about it yet, and I definitely intend to talk about it today, I'm trying to do it at the very end of the show. I know there aren't a lot of Yankee fans in town, uh, but Aaron Boone, the manager of the Yankees, got thrown out of a game uh, last night, and it was an epic, epic version of a throwout. Uh, he even uh, drew a line on the ground where he thought the strike zone shouldn't be, uh, balls that were being called as strikes, and then even did a faux version of a strikeout move. All right, I have a little audio. I'll play John Sterling, and I'll play uh, Susan Waldman talking about this. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, he went full crazy, full, you know, like um, uh, Naked Gun movie, a version of a, of a performance out on the field will get tossed from a game. Aaron Boone is now showing, making a line of where the ball was. And then he just imitated. I'm sorry. <laughs> Boone, strike Boone three. drew a line where the strike was called, which is way off the plate. And then he gave the <laughs> the pump out sign that the umpire uses to throw a guy it's out. Awesome. You heard the phrase "drawing a line in the sand." Yes. This was literally. Yes, he a line literally in the drew a line in the batter's box. So he leaves. Yeah, drawing a line in the dirt, I guess, is another way to say it. But, yeah, he got kicked out. Uh, sixth ejection of the year for the manager of the New York Yankees. Uh, they're not good at baseball, and it makes me very sad. Um, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Uh, anyway, I know everybody doesn't care. Move on. Uh, a couple other quick things before I get out of here. Will does some news, and then Dave Ramsey takes over. Uh, a new study. I don't know why they did this study, but I'm, I'm happy they did it. A new study found that young people are way more likely than – other generations, let's say millennials and mostly Gen Z, of running into stuff or falling down while texting and walking that uh, people that didn't grow up uh, with a cell phone uh, are more responsible humans. We all knew that in a variety of ways. One of those ways is the stopping while texting, stopping while using the phone, or at least walking better. Um, but they did a study, 80% of those who wind up with injuries where you even go and have to get like a doctor or the hospital involved are, are people in the younger generations. So don't do this anymore. It is dangerous. You can get seriously hurt. Uh, but I found it somewhat amusing that even just like the bump fall over version of it is, is mostly all the people you'd assume it was. And then one final thing, and I found this funny too. Uh, there's a guy that went viral. His name is Titus Morris. He is a quote, off the grid farmer with no electricity, no running water, no car, and at times no shoes. And some other YouTuber found him and talked to him, and now he's looking for love. 
So they have put out a call for someone that would be willing to marry a guy who lives off the grid with no car, no electricity, no water, no shoes, uh, and they're hoping for the best. 